0: Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. This is Tech Lead, and the Ice Coffee Hour has made some pitiful amount, like two bucks, <laughs> five bucks, whatever it is. I probably lost more than this in the crypto markets. But welcome,
1: yeah. To this, it's probably it's it's nothing to you as a millionaire, mm-hmm. but to us, it is one hundred ninety-one thousand nine hundred thirteen dollars and one penny. Is that supposed to be a lot? But it's, uh, it's like nothing, you guys. It's, it's nothing. It's, it's a pitiful amount, as you said. It's supposed to be something. But anyway, it, we, we're almost at two years now. Yeah. So it's almost two years Our with the coming right up. Yeah, yeah. again, yeah. this is
0: something I just make or lose in a day, every day, based on the crypto markets and fluctuations. How much did you make or lose today in crypto, your entire portfolio? Millions. Multiples of millions. Multiples yeah. of millions. <laughs> <laughs> it's just whatever Etherscan tells me. It's just paper gains, paper losses. What I do is I mint a coin for, and I sell it for like a dollar. But if I mint ten million coins, I have a net worth
1: of ten million. You
0: see, that's genius, actually.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, we got a lot to cover today. So first of all, as a background, I watched your channel uh, when you were at X Google, X Facebook. So I, I've seen your progression on YouTube and like through your careers working in in tech as a as a tech lead. Yeah. Um. And Ex-Google,
0: ex- ex-meta, ex ex-husband, <laughs> ex-convict, ex-sociopath, ex-psychopath, tech. <laughs>
1: it's hard to keep track of them all. Well, <laughs> but it just we, shows yeah. how far ahead I am with you. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I guess
0: I want to catch most, most up Most people you. underestimate
1: me. You've got find the the X, ways I, to go. I don't know if the ex of Ex-convict. Telling on next ex real estate. Ex real estate agent, yeah. but uh, but you know what? I'm, I've uh, almost got my license now in Nevada. So I've taken all the classes online. I just got to stay, take the state exam, and then I will be licensed again in Nevada. So I will no longer be an ex real estate I'll agent. I'll use you. Yeah, no, yeah, but I've been been yeah. managing my own property. Ex husband, yeah. maybe come here. No, no, you, you got to get there. Join the ranks of <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. sure myself. Oh gosh. Myself, uh, <laughs> <eight>? oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway. So I had you back on the channel on the Graham Stephan show. This, this would have been three years ago, had you on and then brought you back very shortly after when you made a video about your ex-wife leaving you and she took your, your kid to another country. Yeah. Uh, And this was just a crazy story. And I remember you making these, these videos just discussing the subject and these videos were just not only very heartfelt, but like we're like garnering millions of views on on some of these topics. Uh, And then was it around that time that you were like, tell a bit of your story here, because I think it's a very tumultuous...
0: Uh, Probably in high school, I was already a straight-A student, valedictorian, right? Like very traditional upbringing, you could say, paved the road into becoming essentially a software engineer. Mm -hmm. I'd always been interested in programming. I got into UC Berkeley, you know, top three, college in the country, maybe for a uh, computer science, electrical engineering, computer science. During that time, I did spend a year studying abroad in Japan. Right. And that was probably one of the best years in my life. So, you know, travel and minimalism are some things that have really been instilled in me. After that came back, I spent some time working at Sun Microsystems for an internship. I did an internship at Microsoft, a software engineer. I worked at, I Went to UC San Diego for grad school for about a year. Went to Sony Pictures. Worked there for a year. 75K income. At the time, mm. it was really good. And I was feeling How old were like, you then? I was hot stuff. I was like 23, 24, oh, something okay. like that. Uh, during my time there, I built my first app. I taught myself uh, PHP, web development, full stack. The Facebook apps were happening. So uh, I launched that app and it took off right? So I made probably a million dollars right there Uh, by the time I was 25. And this is something I recommend to everybody is you don't need to take, like I'm against taking risk. Um, Like I don't believe in taking risk. Your life is far too valuable to, to risk it on anything. So I would do both at the same time. I did my side hustle in the evenings and weekends. Did my full-time job in the daytime. After that, I went off and traveled, actually, doing the digital nomad thing. Been to a bunch of different countries. Worked from like London, the UK. Worked from Hawaii for a while. Worked from Japan. Went to New York for a while here and there. And I kind of went back and forth and alternated with some uh, full time jobs actually here and there, right? So like I would go back to Silicon Valley, work in some app companies. 120k income over at Playdom, is some app company. Mm. Worked at a Groupon. Worked at some startups. Worked at some of my own ventures again. Right, making more apps and projects. Some of those also blew up. So this is the time I made like fifty apps or so. You know, like more than that. A bunch of different websites, ideas that failed. Some of them succeeded and made maybe another maybe another million dollars or so. Right, um, and then. Probably at around that time, I did go to Japan. I met my wife over there. I was doing my own independent side hustles during that time. And, you know, you can fill up these gaps in your resume Mm -hmm. by saying like, yeah, I was working on this venture, this project, right? That's how you can fill this up. Came back, landed the job at Google. And that set me on several years working there as a tech lead, went to, uh, Transferred over to Facebook after that, right? Voluntarily. So that that was a clean transfer. Um and then during that time at Facebook, I had also my YouTube channel that I was starting to do. So went to Microsoft too. A Hmm. lot of people don't know that. But I did get married. I had a kid. My wife from Japan. So I met her in Japan. She one day decided to accuse me of domestic violence. I would say it's alleged. I don't think it's real. But she used that as an excuse to take the child to Japan. Uh, this is actually a pretty big issue if you're into various circles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Japan is known as a black hole for child abduction. So she, she took the kid. It was... Uh, at the time, it was devastating. Now I've kind of pretty much moved forward with that. You know, the show has to go on. right? Like, I can't just... Uh, Kind of like, it's made me realize that you need to focus on making the most of your life, no matter what, and that life is short. So you have to enjoy it, right? Like there's certain things you just can't go up against. Like it's not worth fighting necessarily. Uh, we can talk about this a little bit more, but then yeah, after that, I, I mean, during this time, I also did work at, uh, Google, uh, tech lead there uh you know and then i went over to facebook also working as a tech lead over there some people at facebook think i'm I'm not a real tech lead but i mean this is why i have to keep telling people (laughs) i am an ex google ex meta tech lead so facebook was doing six hundred thousand dollars in income over there actually one day they decided to fire me for running a youtube channel and yeah ever since then i've been running this youtube channel uh you can check it out tech lead but I essentially ran out of content like two or three years ago. I don't know what people are still there on the channel for. It's probably loaded with crypto trading bots just trying to
1: scam you. But uh, maybe it's the only bots watching my channel right now. This <laughs> is 100,000. <laughs> you know what? I'm always curious how many of our views are due to the bots. Because as soon as I will post, there's always like, There's always one who will comment on every single post. Now, they could probably do that with one view because it's the same account, but I'm curious. There's got to be like at least a few thousand views. The the bots are the the
0: bread and butter of my uh, monetization strategy, right? It's like I I know a lot of people say they don't want bots on YouTube, but I need them for my ad revenue. You think they watch the ads? (laughs) They probably add to the impression counts on the ads and boost the revenue for the
1: creators. Yeah. So, going back, you mentioned that Japan was a black hole for child abduction. Is that because they don't have it because it's hard to track people from the US to Japan or is that because they they don't have the infrastructure to or the or the resources to to track people or why I mean, it's, is it's that a whole yeah.
0: discussion unrelated to finance perhaps yeah, but there is curious. the idea that uh, Japan believes in single custody of children, right? And and they typically have the situation where the Uh, the mother watches the child the husband goes to work all day and barely shows up at home and if there's a separation the mother oftentimes will get the child single custody the father never sees the child again and that's just the system that they go with and what happens is um it's just maybe my personal point of view but Mm uh there's kind of this Princess psychology, uh, like a lot of Japanese women tend to grow up as little princesses. In in my personal view, there's a lot of immaturity involved in this. So when there's conflict, there's not good conflict resolution. And there's no concept of uh, double parenthood there. Mm -hmm. In my personal view, I kind of made peace with this because if you've ever seen a woman give birth, you'll know that it's massively painful. And you know, it's like my view is if it if, if somebody wants a child and they they get like the woman should probably get to say like I I kind of see how single custody uh, if anybody gets to decide maybe it should be the mother right because like if you ask me would I like to push a watermelon through my body and then say this is half somebody else's I would say like that's not a clean deal like maybe it should just belong to this person mm-hmm. um so yeah that I mean. As far as enforcement goes, the more you pursue somebody, the deeper into hiding that they go. There are things like the Hague Convention, which uh, are very difficult to enforce. People try to pursue this. It costs... uh, I know people who have spent like $250,000. I've met these people on trying to get their children back. Really? There are entire communities. And this happens... I mean, this happens everywhere in... Divorce as well, like all of these situations, you can plow hundreds of thousands of dollars into this and you still may not get the result you're looking for. And the only people that win oftentimes are going to be the attorneys, the Mm -hmm. lawyers. So, I mean, there was even this guy, he made the headlines a while ago. He was starving himself to try to get his child back in Japan. This guy was um, like a finance manager, Vincent Mm -hmm. and. Like these people are all, many of them are very well-to-do, but to me, it's not worth, like you have to pick your battles in life, right? And to me, it's like this open world game. And there's some bosses on the map that are just, you can spend a lifetime fighting for. Like you can spend, you can throw your whole life trying to defeat this boss and maybe you're going to win, or you can go explore all the other fun parts in life. So even though, yes, I can go throw hundreds of thousands of dollars into this hay convention and hire all these attorneys and take this very aggressive attitude, I think it's better to just say, I'm going to go continue to enjoy my life as best as I can, make the most of it in the short time that I have, and take a more gentle approach, which is typically like, like this is a problem with Western culture, is that we believe in litigation, and we believe in confrontation and aggression and getting our way fighting for it and that is victory but i would say you, if you can find the, an approach that is more gentle and mm-hmm. reaches compromise that's going to be more ideal so my approach these days is really more more towards compromise and just understanding that people are like totally insane sometimes and irrational yeah um and to just treat everybody like rabid dogs like people are not rational so you just have to try to manage it as best as you can i can try to fight this person and confront them and reason about them or i can just say let me just give you what you want right like let me just handle the situation as as carefully as i can without trying
1: to provoke this other person more you've just accepted the situation for what it is and done your thing yeah, I think okay. some
0: things, like, I just don't want to throw resources, time and effort into, into fighting, right? Like, it's just, uh, it, it, if the mother wants the child to grow up without the father, that's her choice. And, and I think that she does have priority. The law may say there's 50-50 ownership, but if there were no law, by nature, the mother has, has priority. That's what I would say. Yeah.
2: And also through the divorce, what were the finances like through the divorce? Because I know, especially for high earners, <clears throat> uh, the results can be pretty uh, yeah, controversial. And
1: you, when did you become a millionaire? I think it was 25, 24, right? We, we talked about this on the early episode of The Graham Stephan yeah, Show. I, been,
0: I mean, I, I've been a millionaire since age 25. So I've lived with wealth quite a while. When were you a millionaire? 26. All right, see? Yeah, that's how far me. ahead I am of yeah. you. And it compounds, by the yeah, way, too. <laughs> so it's like, it's just the distance. <laughs> keep going, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask your net worth, which may be
1: higher than... Do it. <laughs> no. You can ask it. No, I'm so upfront about it. I made a video um, about it. It's 15 and a half. You didn't ask, but that's that's what it is. What's yours? check ether scan. i mean i
0: was worth like 20 million dollars on the ether scan. <laughs> check that out paper gains right there and i can i can probably mint another uh 200 million if i want to okay. right? it's like simple just make a coin like that um what were we talking about
1: uh you your are the wealth oh, that yeah. you so, built so up so in your me, 20s how do you how you did that and then what happened in a, in a divorce
0: this is how you get messed up in 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 family court right like whatever amount that you offer you can say, um, I'm going to offer you $5,000 child support, a million dollars in, uh, total finances. Uh, the other person does not know what is fair, right? So because they have no understanding of what is fair by the legal system, they're going to say, give me more. It's always going to be more until the other person gets to a point where they maybe really until an attorney comes and the judge says, this is fair. But that makes mediation incredibly difficult in my opinion, and what happens if you're a high earner is that if you go talk to an attorney they will they'll just charge you through the roof on everything so like I tried to do everything myself because I don't want any funds to go to the attorneys um if at all possible, but if if the other person is, there come situations where like the other person can try to get you to pay their attorney fees. So you're paying double attorney fees mm-hmm. and attorneys can cost what, $800 bucks an hour if, if, if it's a good one. So you could be paying $1,600 per hour in the worst case, possibly, maybe. But what happens is like I probably spent twenty five, thirty thousand $30,000 on an attorney and they didn't even get me through a single trial, right? It was only paperwork. Up to that point. So I, I fired the attorney and just said, I'm going to just represent myself in trial, go in and I just lost. And you know, like I went in there and I said, this is a kidnapping. This person's taking the child, you know, this isn't fair. And they're just like, cool. Uh, so, so let's, let's have you pay. And I think that's just a norm for family court. Even if she's in another country and you have yeah, zero custody, yeah. Even if she's in yeah. another country, kidnapping, nobody, no. it, it doesn't matter. That's just the way family court is. This nobody, is the
1: California family court
0: because you're I, residing in I think it's all of-
1: Western courts.
0: Yeah, I think it, because number one, child support has nothing to do with custody, hmm. so it's it's simply based on like we we don't care what happened. We don't know like e- even if this was a kidnapping, whatever. Like y- you pay. It's just as simple as that the divorce is the divorce is still going on quite frankly. So this is going to be another, uh, it's going to be another
1: headache. How did you build your wealth to begin with?
0: So I think this is something valuable for people to understand, but my wealth was built over probably, uh, five, six, seven different projects over my, uh, career, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a single thing. And these took many years. So it's, It's really the personality that you have and that determination and persistence to keep doing success after success, after success, in my personal opinion, that's going to get you to a successful position, right? So like probably my first million was made from making a bunch of apps on my own, right? Like Facebook apps, Facebook gaming, right? When that took off, but that only got me to 1 million or so less than that, Mm -hmm. you know, I probably had to create three different social gaming apps taking advantage of the the whole app trend on Facebook, Twitter apps and all that to get to that stage. But that's not enough to retire on. That's why I went back to work many later on. And, you know, like there was the whole Google, Facebook career episode I had that made me some more money here and there. I had the episodes where I had to learn stock trading, right? Because after a while, your investments take over. If you make money, but you don't learn investments... Uh, you're going to be limited right like like there could be massive gains there that you don't pick up on after that then maybe there's the whole youtube section right segment which helps make more money but if all i did was youtube i would not have monetized as much as maybe if i were able to create additional content and courses and continue to pivot the channel to stay uh, relevant to just keep keep the uh, clickbait farm coming along, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you, you see a lot of other people, they're making their YouTube channel. May- maybe they make one channel. That's all they do. It fades out. They go back to work, right? And I, so I would say what the thing about me is I kept reinventing myself and kept finding new opportunities. So it's not like... This is why when people say, oh, you're just lucky. Well, I got lucky like seven times, 10 times in a row, right? Like... The, these are ventures, multiple ventures, not just one, and and many people have trouble even doing a single venture, right? And in their entire life, they, they don't ever get off the rails. I'm a little confused on the
2: storyline here. So this is, I'm assuming, just after college, or was this while you were in college when you started developing apps?
0: Yeah. So the apps business was done uh, right after I finished grad school, mm-hmm. but the, before you started working it was at in Microsoft. 2000- yeah so it was in 2007 facebook was booming uh people were making lots of money on the facebook apps everything was going viral right so i i actually had to teach myself a php javascript Uh, Mm. it, it was hellish you know like full stack web development server management um this is not something that any college is going to teach you right like nobody teaches you this stuff you just have to go learn by yourself
1: uh, so that's what I did. Why that? Did you just spot an opportunity? You,
0: how do you come up with the idea? So I, I think I'm personally attracted to whatever is just interesting or cool or trendy at the time, right? Like, uh, this was just a very interesting, trendy technology. You know, like the whole Facebook apps thing. You can make massive impact, and maybe it's impact for me that I've been attracted to. Right? It's like anything that can, that looks like yeah, it, it can just make impact on, upon the world, right? um the facebook apps was ability the ability to reach massive amounts of people you could kind of say the same with the whole youtube thing when i when i saw youtube probably when you saw it too many people were not taking it seriously right it was it was like if you were doing youtube people would laugh at you Mm -hmm. right people would say oh professionals don't do that nowadays you see venture capitalists and entrepreneurs and like loads of professional people on YouTube trying to build their audience, but they're way too late. So, you know, there's the what? There's the followers and the leaders, tech lead like me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's like if you're attracted to impact, then I think you may have what it takes. There's many people who come to me and say they are attracted to code. They love coding. That's not right. Right, code is a tool to achieve impact it's a it's a tool to achieve massive scalability uh, at low cost to reach it right like massive amounts of people and deliver value but code is not the draw it's never been the draw it is the product that impact that i've always been seeking so i just learn whatever technology is necessary like when i was working at uh, google and facebook it was through uh, ios development ios is completely different tech stack than full stack web development, Mm -hmm. a completely different technology. So I switched right away to just whichever technology is going to be necessary. YouTube, in my mind, YouTube is also another different tech stack, right? Like it's a whole set of skills that you need. And so when people come and say, they just want to learn to code. It's like, if all you do is learn how to code, what you're really looking at is a 30 K job low income in the outsource facility center, uh, where you're at the computer 12 hours a day for 10 years straight. That's coding. I don't think anybody really wants to do that, but you see so many people say, Oh, my dream is to become a software engineer. There's plenty of software engineers, like the Linux programmers who just sit in their basements and never achieve anything with their lives and make zero impact upon the world. And those are the people I've never envied who we envy are myself. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and myself. And the people who make the impact, right? Yeah. These people were not just programmers, They they were entrepreneurs.
3: But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Grammarly. So guys, it's already April, but I feel like the year's just started. I've been spending way too much time writing and perfecting emails. Well, Jack, if you want to save time writing emails, just install Grammarly. Grammarly
2: is an all-in-one writing tool that helps you communicate clearly and effectively even when you're short on time.
3: Grammarly is like having a professional writer look through your work 24-7. And their free version is also amazing since it protects you from things like basic spelling, grammar, phrasing, and punctuation. But the real magic happens when you upgrade to Grammarly Premium. Grammarly Premium offers clarity suggestions and even full sentence rewrites to help you clearly convey your message and avoid miscommunication. Are you trying to impress girls with your stupendous writing ability? We know you are.
2: Well, Grammarly's built-in tone detector can help you sound as confident, professional, or as formal as you need. And they also provide vocab suggestions, which help you replace overused words, phrases,
3: and also words. You really need Grammarly Premium, man. So, get through those emails and your work quicker by keeping it concise, confident, and effective with Grammarly. So, visit grammarly.com slash iced coffee today and sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, you can get 20% off just for being a listener. Again, guys, that's 20% off at Grammarly, G R A M M A R L Y dot com slash iced coffee. Thanks so much, Grammarly. And back, back to, to the, the podcast. Pod.
1: How much were you making on the app at its peak? Cause you must yeah, you were twenty four twenty five years old yeah i mean
0: the so the first app i I built is is a social gaming app uh probably was about a million per year type of thing total oh, yeah there were some apps that were doing uh twenty thousand dollars per day actually so like but these apps can be short lived things other apps would do five thousand dollars per day but the thing that people don't understand is even though I had say three, four highly successful apps, there were 50 apps I built probably that were not successful that nobody heard about. Right. So, you know, one lesson I did learn, I remember was, uh, in my younger years, an uh, entrepreneur told me you need to fail three times before you, before you find
1: your first success.
0: What do you think about
1: that? I don't know if I've really failed at... at... I'm just wins yeah, and wins and no, wins. No, I'm thinking of it. Like, I, I didn't have many failures yeah. in the sense What about like, the
3: blog I, I, huh?
1: Well, yeah, I, there wouldn't, I wouldn't call that necessarily a failure, but but it's like you have to have three failures to have one success. Unless you count a failure like going to see open houses so was, or like... For you, you, you know, was yeah. the very first YouTube channel you started, it was just... everything i've done it's usually done well but but i've never gone into anything i've done for the money it's always been i do something because i really enjoy it and it happens to make money like uh like what started off as taking pictures for reef aquariums for fun turned into a turned into a job that then turned into this whole passion throughout high school where i just make money uh same with real estate it's like I I I did a quick job before that that I thought I wanted to go in investment banking. So I got a job at a precious metals investment firm. I hated the job, but it was really good experience. Um, but even as an agent, it's like I just wanted to like I would wanted to work for free, honestly. And it turned into a great career. And then YouTube was something like I would do that for free. It turned into a great career. Um, well, I, I would so, say even yeah. for
0: YouTube, you have videos that perform poorly, right? That get ten out of ten. Yeah, and and some that. Maybe after you do a series of poor videos, you get a one out of ten, right? So like, you can even consider some of some of these videos to have been sort of somewhat failures. I don't know.
1: There's- I think it depends how you frame it because some people are like, "Oh, I failed at this. This sucks. I, I'm a, a, a you know I'm worthless." But I've always viewed every failure as like, "Why did I fail? Why did he- So I guess I, I frame any failure as like. Oh, I learned something good. So it's never been a failure for me because if, if if there is something that doesn't work, I'm like, oh, what can I do? How can I do that differently? Oh, I learned a really good lesson from this. Here's how I'm going to make it better in that. And so like that's, it's almost like a step up. So, I think like, that's a good yeah. point.
0: Yeah, because like even for me, maybe I made 50 apps. Even I don't consider those to be failures, right? It's like maybe I made an app and I I learned something or I got a few hundred bucks from it. And so- a lot of people say, Oh, being an entrepreneur is so risky because you may fail. I don't think these people fail. Right? Like they they probably make a few hundred, few thousand dollars from their venture, they learn something and they move on and they satisfy
1: their curiosity.
0: So even for them they not they may not picture it as a pure
1: failure. Yeah. I think it just depends on how you frame it. And there's uh what what is it called? I read I read a uh a book on this, or it was like an audio book about like um, a self fulfilling prophecy that when you get in the when when you start doing well at something it it spirals into another thing into another thing because you have that self fulfilling belief that if you do something you're going to do well at it and because of that you shift your mindset to do well at that because you believe in it yeah. versus other people get caught in the mindset of like, Oh, I suck at this. Let me give it a shot. And it's probably not going to do well, but let me try. And it doesn't do well. It's like, Oh man, I'm, I I suck at this. I I can't do this. And that continues that influences the next choices.
0: Yeah. So this is something, this is a theory I have that plays into this, which is, you know how, um, love, uh, cannot be negotiated, right? Desire cannot be negotiated, you cannot rationalize somebody to love you, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, you can't sit down and have a conversation and say like, here are the top 10 reasons why you should love me. It's just, if the person wants it, they will rationalize to themselves all your good traits. And if they don't want it, they will convince themselves that you're, you're a terrible person, right? So in a sense, I it's like we are where we are because we... We chose that place that we wanted to be and then self-rationalize ourselves into that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of like how people also say, I don't have time for this. No, you didn't. You have time, right? You didn't want to make time. It wasn't a priority in your life. And so therefore, you decided not to create the time for it. And you made these excuses. So I tend to believe like um, all of us are exactly where we
1: want to be no I think all of us are where we we think we're at where we deserve or we're at what we believe to be our own limit that's what I kind of think because I don't think any, any, anybody could look at not anybody could look at their life but I think a lot of people would look at their life and say I'm not, I'm not necessarily happy but I, I didn't want to be here I want to be over there but I think deep <laughs> down maybe it's they they are where they are because they uh they feel like well, that's but- what they that's what they Okay. they deserve or like, that's what I'm worth is this.
0: It's like we, many people are addicted to their own struggle, their own self misery, right? Like somebody may say, I want to, I want to be a, a book author and that's this state of mind that they stay in and they never write a book, right? And I think we kind of push ourselves into these limiting areas. And there's this, uh, there's this other book I read called The Courage to be Disliked. It's a pretty interesting one but it's based on the idea of um so like young psychology basically says that we are a product of our past right so they say if you had trauma when you were a kid uh, then for example you can never have a family uh, a happy family life because you had this trauma as a kid and so therefore your future is predetermined but there's also this idea that trauma doesn't exist okay so it's like if you're here and you just will yourself to be happy. Uh, you can be a happy person, right? you Your, your point in time, you're not necessarily the result of prior action. So anyone can just say, uh, I'm happy. And what, well, like I'm suddenly I'm happy, right? It's like, and, and you can let go of that prior identity that you may have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so based on that idea, it's like, you can choose where you want to be. Kind of like say to yourself, if you want to be a happy, like, if you just want to say, I'm a happy person, uh, the things in my life, I'm going to view with a certain perspective as being that of success, then say, right. Like maybe these were good things, mm. right? Like some people say to themselves, I had a bad day. Maybe you had the wonderful day, right? You're not in jail. All right. <laughs> like maybe you're not dead. You're doing fantastic.
1: And then other people may just characterize that as something bad. Yeah, it's weird. I always view things as it could be worse, and I try my best. Even even if I have a bad day, I'm like, well, at least this didn't happen. Well, that could have happened. It, it didn't. Yeah. Do you- or I try to think, you know how how could this be better? And am I gonna th- what?
2: How was today for you?
1: Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> today was the- could it have been worse? It could. Yes. Today was the worst day I've had in probably a year. Maybe I'm sorry longer. About that. Yeah. Maybe two years. This has probably been the most, yeah, this is the worst day. Yeah, basically, my aquarium sprung a leak, and that's like every aquarium owner's worst nightmare is the seam of the tank just all of a sudden busts. So I woke up this morning with 40 gallons you, you of water. See, on Graham, the floor. This is why
0: minimalism but, is what you need. You're a slave to your possessions, right? You're a slave to your
1: aquarium. Oh, but I love that's, the aquarium. The The aquarium is the one thing it, that it brings has me so much happy. Yeah, it brings me so much happiness. Grasp on the you.
0: You're an emotional slave to your things. Right. But I think
2: Graham yeah. actually likes being that oh, like you mentioned, people are generally where like wherever they are, they're at their happiest because they made their own choices to put themselves there, right? And Graham may be a slave to some material things, such as his aquarium, such as his Zenith <laughs> El Primero. Oh but I'm not a know. slave to that. But, <laughs> but
1: the Aquarium, yes.
2: But I think that that's kind of what fuels him. He's a very interesting person insofar as like he's very fueled by like stress and like Negative emotion. Oh gosh, I
1: don't have negative emotion Jack. This is like, an yeah, ejector. Uh, don't Jack, you know? don't have negative emotion. Have you done like yeah.
0: a personality trait? Like, there's a trait in the ocean yeah. analysis for an uh, neuroticism. So that's the tendency to over worry or to over stress.
1: I don't know. I'm happy to take it and see and see what come up for me. What's your MBTI? Do you know that? What is that? Myers Briggs. Oh, I. Th- and I don't know, like okay. tj or something, something like that. I'm not really sure. Cool. all right But yeah, but the aquarium is like I, I was unhappy with that aquarium because I really wanted an aquarium, and I did. that was years of just like looking forward to getting an aquarium. And then I get the aquarium, and it leaks. <laughs> but I'll get a new but one. But you still got an aquarium. I still got an aquarium, and I'll get a new one in three weeks that I could set up. So now I'm thinking like, okay, what's the what's the bright side? Well, the tank didn't explode. Wasn't the that stuff is still safe. Everything is still safe, and I get a new tank. What's the downside? Well, it's it's a day. It's it's basically two days of my time. That's the downside. Is it two days? One day is going to be very memorable of cleaning up the all the water. The next day is going to be transferring it to a new tank with, uh, and I'll put sand in this tank this time. Didn't put sand before. I'll make it better. So, I I try to view everything yeah, like that. You, if something bad happens, def- it's like how like, could you it be worse? Gratitude. I sh- I did.
0: You gotta get on the influencer's path, ago, bro. Yeah, like we influencers have to like ha- have mindfulness, practice gratitude, drink black coffee. Do you do
1: intermittent fasting? No. You've
0: Gotta get on that, man.
1: I mean, otherwise you're not legit as an influencer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta take cold showers too. Wake up yeah. at 4 a.m. to meditate. I, yeah, Yeah, you gotta do I that. I did. Yeah. I did practice gratitude. Minimalism. Yeah. I mean, Where's that? I couldn't do minimalism. Really? No. Why? Uh, I think there's some of that that that, that I would enjoy temporarily, but like deep down, I'm a collector. I love collecting things, and I like to have a collection.
0: Consumerism, materialism, you're just consumed by your own physical desires. I love
1: having a collection, and and that that fun and the challenge of putting together something uh, that—it's like the searching of putting together a puzzle. Like, for me, it would be a car collection. And, like, what cars gonna buy? Well, the Ford GT, it would be a Tesla Roadster, you know an SLS, say like, AMG. It, if you cannot yeah. be
0: happy with a cup of coffee, you can never be happy. Because your desire will be limitless, right? Like, if you temper your desires, uh, you can be happy with with anything otherwise you're always going to be on that head
1: on the stick treadmill but see i'm happy looking forward to stuff like like i'm looking forward i want a tesla roadster you know i'm looking for yeah sure there will always be something else but like to me that's that's part of the collection but if everything
2: got stripped away from you would you be able to be happy
1: uh yes but but i would be happy with the expectation that i'd be able to build that back so you're not going to be
0: happy unless you have this tesla roadster that's holding you back i mean you're you've already got Plenty of cars right but it's a, but it's
1: but it's a part of the collection it's like but but for me it's the fun of picking a car that i think is a good investment but you what if you can't buy the car because you got stripped of everything
2: then it's just the so, hopes of being able to buy a car
1: yeah i and I, yeah i've i've always had the hope in the and the belief that like well if I'm not gonna do it now i'll be able to do it in the future always so had is, that yeah this
0: is the the thing i've realized is investment is is the most boring thing in the world like I used to be into it just like you but i'm I've, like, transcended. they transcend beyond that. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, let's pretend that uh, Bitcoin is the ultimate investment. Let's pretend that it's just going to outperform any other thing. Sure. So then would you just say, and and let's, so would you just say, okay, let's just, like, get rid of everything, put it all into Bitcoin. If you make more money, put it more into Bitcoin. And... It's like just anything you get, you're just going to plow into uh, crypto, some type of cryptocurrency. No,
1: because now right. I valued more so my time. So I'm like, I'm doing things now that would save me time and f- or for convenience. Um, so like I do see a, more of a value in that. But as far as the car, I mean, the car is something you could enjoy. So the car is part of something that like you could go and stare at it. It's like a piece Can't of art. Can't you just rent it's a like-
0: car? Like, here's the, here's the experience that changed me is, have you ever driven like a Lamborghini? Yeah. Mm Huracan, like I went to this race course. You can do one in Las Vegas. Drove a Lamborghini Huracan next to like a a Aston Martin, and you know there were GTRs and like Ferraris, and everybody just said, "Yeah, the Lamborghini and Ferrari are in a totally different class," and just like the other cars just look like pure trash compared to like the Lambos. Mm -hmm. And after driving that for me, I just thought, um, I have. Absolutely no desire to own like a GTR, which I used to want to own, um, because it's, it's just total trash. And you know, other cars you're playing the status game, like people say Audi is the car for uh, basically like poor, wealthy people, right? People who are trying to show status who are actually poor people, right? Like, if you want to actually show status, uh, get a classless car. So for me. Like, which cars have no class? Mini Coopers, Teslas. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> Mini Cooper right? and Audis. Yeah, you? I mean, like.
1: <laughs> well, it said Tesla, too. So. Yeah,
2: they're saying all of Macy and Graham's
1: cars. Yeah. Like Macy is an Audi and she's And to have Volvos a Mini and Prius. Yeah, and Prius yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty I, yeah. up there. I mean, you guys don't you, have to he, compare he, yourself. You to have me. transcended everything yeah. and everyone yeah. and everything I, yeah. Life experiences, yeah. you know? Like, yeah.
0: let's talk about life experiences, which, like, have you been out of the country? Yes. But
1: never out of the continent. So you've been to like Canada, right? Canada, like, okay. Canada okay. Mexico. Is where I've traveled. See,
0: when I was your age, I had already been. How to old are you? Like late thirties, but I I say to myself early forties just just to give He's myself. He's transcended less time. beyond
1: his actual <laughs> age. His actual age, yeah. <laughs> How can I like <laughs> you
0: here, Jack? Like what is age, anyways? Yeah. So technically, doesn't have an age. <laughs> technically, just is. I use like
1: the. <laughs> lunar calendar yeah he lives in the moment yeah he is how old he thinks he is (laughs) age is Um, just a mindset jack
0: like when i was your age yeah i studied abroad in japan you know i had already been to like angkor wat cambodia vietnam halong bay thailand multiple times sailing in the caribbean like it's beautiful you rent a catamaran for like a week you go sell it in The Bahamas, in the British Virgin Islands, I went sailing in Thailand. You know, I had already lived in, have you been to Hawaii? Yeah, you went to Hawaii. I had already lived in London, you know, the UK. I spent time traveling through all of, uh, going from like the Swiss Alps down through the uh, French coast, right, into the southern Spain area. I've been to Iceland, right, like done all of these things. And You're like here reading news, right? Like you're you're reading a Mm -hmm. bunch of news and making video about news in order to buy more Bitcoin, like paper wealth, to invest that into more paper wealth. For me, I realized I was like, I just think this is time that you're not going to necessarily get back. What are your assets, health, wealth, time, and youth? Youth is important, right? Because if you go, if you go traveling when you're 40 or 50, Or if you're driving in a Porsche when you're 40 or 50, nobody cares about that. And your experience will be totally different than if you do it, you know, now and arguably since I made my wealth early, I recognized everybody gets wealthy. Everybody becomes a millionaire by the time they're 60, 70, right? Like it's very simple. You work 30 years for 30 K that gets you what a million bucks. So the advantage that you have is your time. People want that money now in order to experience it and use it. And I don't think it would, like, this is something you're going to realize when it's too late, maybe. But you're going to, say, lose the next 5, 10 years of your life. And then you're going to say, okay, I made another uh, $1 million. What happened? You made $5 million, but then... You lost four million in the market crash, so or right or you you may have made some money. You lost a bunch in the market crash, and then uh, and then you got divorced or whatever, right? Like something somebody sues you, and then you break your leg, and what happened, right? That was it. Maybe you get cancer. So, people often say like you have to enjoy your journey. The destination is going to be trash. Like in many ways, life is a car crash in slow motion. The ending, we all die. Right. we all we all just die, so in in my opinion, like you create the lifestyle that you want and you you need to live that, and the lifestyle needs to use money, right because many people I think they they go through life, they make money, and they want to live the fire dream uh, right uh, financial independence dream where they're they're essentially just burning very little amounts of their money. And they're just living at home watching TV and they take two vacation trips a year. This is something that you're born with, right? Like when you were a kid, your parents already gave you that life, right? Like just go live with your parents. If that's what you want, You, you can go, you can play your video games. You don't have to work and your parents can take you on like a vacation twice a year or something like that, right? Like it's extremely boring. I would say this financial independence route. Fat fire is one where you're able to live a little bit more, but these people still end up with, um, multiple millions, right. And in, in their bank account when they die and they they never truly, they never truly find the use for that money, you know, and, and it's kind of saddening and extremely boring, especially now that we have cryptocurrency where you just say, if you get money, just put it into, uh, into this, uh. Digital dashboard, right? That's what we're all doing. Make money put into a digital dashboard. Number go up. That's it. Keep doing that. And then uh, 10 years pass, 20 years pass. So in my opinion, saving money and investing money is like living on autopilot. It is the most boring and lazy path. And if you're able to actually figure out how do you deploy cash, right? Spending money is difficult. It's extremely difficult to spend money and deploy it. Into a way that achieves enjoyment for you, you can go buy uh, a Rolex. Um, I don't know if that gives you much joy, especially right, like you buy it, you put it in a in a cabinet, in a drawer somewhere, and you say, okay, this is a nice investment,
1: and and you don't really look at it so much. I I guess you two own the Rolexes. See, he- yeah, here's the thing though. For me, it's like I think a lot of people enjoy what they do, and they would be doing it regardless. So for me, it's like I w- I don't I don't know right now. I I would enjoy vacations like that. Like to me, that just sounds. I'd, I'd rather just like what sounds great to me is a free schedule over the next week. Get to work. If I you that, if you yeah. could
2: pause time right now though, yeah. and there was no expectation of you posting, the algorithm would stop. Yeah. How would you spend that time?
1: Gosh, I don't know. I would pr- probably want to get ahead. I mean, you're, but you're, yeah. Like, like I that. Have family, that would make me feel good.
0: I have family I know, friends yeah. who say like, um, th- they're doing extremely well. I mean, we all have friends like this. They're doing extremely well and they're still working in their 60s or 70s. And they say, Oh, I love my job. I would never quit because I wouldn't know what I would do with my time. It's extremely lazy, isn't it? Right? Like, uh, these people are on autopilot. They follow the path laid out to them by society to uh, do their nine to five and to not think further than that. When There's a whole world waiting for them. And and you have to actually, it takes extremely amount, like a lot of time and effort to figure out what you want to do. Like what I think about is um, an itinerary. Like when you take a vacation trip, you need to spend maybe uh, two weeks planning the itinerary. You need to actually sit down and put in time and effort and research this. Like what are you going to do? Uh, if you don't have an itinerary and you never put in the time and effort to think about what you want to do, then you just say, well, I wouldn't know what I would do. This is too hard. I guess I'm just going to keep working because I can make five bucks an hour if I do this. You're going to reach a point in your life, you may have already reached it, where your investments, the returns on your investments will outpace any active income that you as an individual is able to generate. Right? Like. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point why do you work you can increase your like let's say fun
1: I enjoy it like I don't know I, lo- I love doing like th- th- this This good. is yeah. kind of work but like I would be doing this regardless and and I've even thought like what would I do if I took you know a full week off work like I, I would be loading a podcast so I would do more podcast I, guests I'd do more I reactions on the second like, channel this, I would just keep doing this what a, I'm
0: doing Yeah, probably for you this is absolutely the position you should be in yeah let's say you're 10 years older
1: oh let, yeah i know let, it's going to change let, let's yeah, say
0: yeah. let's say you're 10 years older now uh would you is your answer still the same probably not but right. but then but i was, would
1: but i would have the options to do at that time or it could be in a month i mean realistically it'll probably be two to five years that's what you know kind of and, and and at that point i could re-evaluate the schedule and kind of maybe figure out something different but I see probably two to five years, like, I love this. And maybe if it's longer, it's longer. If it's less, I've I've always just done, like, what I felt in my gut. It's like, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to do that. And that's the right choice. It's always I, been the I right choice. I have a question for you, Graham. Yeah.
3: Um, if you knew you were going to be gone
1: one week from now, what would you do? If I were going to be gone? Like, yeah, I, I don't want to say it because of oh, the like YouTube algorithm. I would but... be unalived Yes, in one unalived
3: week. in one week. What would you do?
1: Oh, gosh. Um... I would probably go scuba diving in Fiji with 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 Macy. Well, with, with everybody, I I would take everybody I could. And Me go, too. Yeah, I, and you too. I would probably take thirty people to Fiji uh, to go scuba diving, and then I'd find a way to divide up my money so that so that it goes to the right people oh, and you're places. You're such a great and guy, Jack. Graham. Who is that? I'm I gonna. Yeah, Jack. why are you saying I What? I didn't say well, anything. Didn't do, yeah. you're a good guy. <laughs> it goes to Ramsey and Bailey. Oh, okay the The Ramsey and Bailey Foundation. <laughs> They're gonna have this huge house in Bel Air. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, gonna be so nice. L- let's say, like,
0: <laughs> l- let's say um, you make a video, you get no views, mm-hmm. and you get no money. Do you still make videos? Certainly not.
1: What? <sighs> but, but there's there's because there's, like there's, yeah. there's two things yeah. that feed you. Yes. Number
0: one is uh, your own ego, right? By getting the views, mm-hmm. you, you you feel self important, right? Like, hey guys. Everybody's watching me. The second thing is maybe, maybe money. The money is going to get to a point where, and you may already be at this where it's, it's money that like, like for me, I'm gonna die with money in the bank account. Right? I, I'm. There's gonna be money in the bank account when I die, even if I try to spend it. Many people are going to get to that point. You're, you're probably at that point. Um. So the money is just kind of like you can make it you're you're never going to touch it in your entire life and quite frankly your investments may outpace your your active income by 10 to 1 i mean you know you may get to a point your own narcissism or ego is something that you, you don't necessarily like if you escape out of it and get out of the status game anyways like yeah
1: but but i think it's it's less about myself and more about like what you provide to somebody else and for me it's it's the it's the fulfillment and purpose that I get when I see someone come up and say, hey, it's because of you that I bought a house. It's because of you that I got my first credit card and I did this and now, like, now yeah. I'm financially secure. And like that's the sort of stuff for me that really pushes me. And, and it helps that money's a byproduct of that. And like obviously that, that's a component of it. And I enjoy that. Uh, and that just, as, well as it gives me more content to make. Yeah, but think- even something like this, it's like, I would say there's a very small portion of like ego And I would say the bigger portion is that whoever's watching this is able to get a different perspective that they wouldn't have without us being in this room together and spending our times like talking about stuff like this. So So, I I think that's, that's
0: great for me since I'm, I'm, I'm basically like, I was where you were like 10 years ago or something. Mm It's like, I had my phase where I dedicated a year or more of my life to reading news every single day and day trading. Uh, I got nothing out of like the news I read, I'm I'm not sure if I, I, I attained any skill out of, right? No long term lasting learnings, no personal growth. I realized that all the news I was reading every day was I couldn't care less about, right? It's like Jerome Powell raised the interest rates by twenty five percent, you know, uh Joe Biden's doing something, they're printing this much, some company released some annual earnings report. Two weeks later, is that news important? No, it's, it's complete garbage, right? It's like you, it's unactionable priced into the market. So you do this long enough, you do this another five, 10 years, you may get to a point where you're just like, buy and hold you guys, right? You, I, if I want to help you, I tell you a uh, buy and hold, deploy all your cash into, uh, Amazon, Apple, Google, S and P 500 and just hold it right. And and get, like, Bitcoin or whatever, right? Get some crypto, and that's it. Just buy and hold, don't sell. That's all you got to do. Maybe that's it. And, And then all the other news that you're reading is just causing you to whir around, to spin, and you're just like, do I buy? Do I sell? No, just, you already deployed your capital, so just hold on to it. Yeah,
1: but some of that, I think, I enjoy it. I love the process of reading through the news every day. I love seeing what's new, and for me, it's like... It it's it's uh, components of that, but both entertainment because like I watch I watch like every finance video that's out there, and I would say half of them all I watch just for the information, and that's it. I just I wanted just the details. But the other half is entertainment. Like I'll just sit there and I'll like eat dinner, or I'll eat lunch and I'll watch a video, and like that's what I just. But I also acknowledge that I'm not. I I'm kind of weird when it comes to that sense that I I find like these very specific topics is extremely interesting and I, I fixate on them and so for me it's like the reef aquarium and business and making money it's just like those are the two I, segments that i yeah. just love
0: i mean i would say i i still do pay attention to, i i still read it as well but it's just like when you step back it's, it's maybe the most interesting thing of all the boring news out there so it's still something to pay attention to yeah, that's yeah. interesting. But
1: let's say for someone like that, you you know, you're not you're not chasing anything. Why why do this? Why create million token? Yeah, million token.
0: Check it out, milliontoken.org. Uh-huh. We got them, you guys. We're on oh, the Graham Stefan Ice Coffee Hour. Check it out with Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, with, with Jack. Yeah, million token. Yeah, you know, one million limited supply. <laughs> so I had spent probably the last nine months of my youtube channel really promoting this right this token was released in june in july of last year uh initially it was i mean i mentioned this before as well it's a joke right it's like it was supposed to be this fun social crypto activity because i'm a programmer i know how to create how to create some of these smart contracts that it would be this community activity we could just all get together and it was going to be something that just lasted one video really right Like. Uh, is
1: that really your expectation, though? Because yeah, of, really.
0: Yeah, it was like it was going to be this fun activity, show you guys how I created the token, how you can create your own tokens, and just put it out there, right? And and it was supposed to be this like I make apps all the time, right? So to create a token, like I make programming projects on my channel occasionally as well. So to me, it was just like, hey, this is kind of neat. I didn't give it much more thought than that, and deployed it. It turns out over time that. Uh, the token has pretty good fundamentals actually, right? It's like one token backed by uh, one USD coin. Um, The rest is up to market fluctuations. And it actually had some legs to continue running. And the more I looked at it and other people started getting into it as well, it's just like, this is actually pretty neat, right? Like the fundamentals are actually pretty good. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but the fundamentals are super clean because... It's like, it's never been hacked. It's bridged across almost every blockchain. You know, you got Ethereum, Binance, Smart Chain, Avalanche, Phantom, Harmony One, um, maybe some more. The zero inflation rate transaction times are super fast. You can use any blockchain that suits you, right? So it's like, if you compare it and it's smart contract compatible, it supports NFTs. It supports like all of the capabilities of that so when you compare to so here's the thing right like bitcoin and dogecoin are first gen coins they don't support smart contracts right they, they don't have nft support they don't have Yet, staking right aren't they working for they're, bitcoin they're still TV? trying yeah. to deploy that right like jack dorsey yeah. of twitter is trying to come up with uh like smart contract support for bitcoin still right like like they're trying to work on some of this stuff then you've got the second gen coins which i would say is like um maybe shiba inu or something like that some some token that is purely on ethereum ethereum gas fees are not crazy expensive and plus some of these coins have pretty terrible fundamentals like they may have inflation you don't know who the founder of shiba coin is right? it's like you don't know how many coins like there could be some shady stuff going on in there so, when you take a look at a million at least it's interesting because it's on so many chains you can get super low gas fees, and like the founder is stocked and it's 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 just kind of a neat but thing. why
1: but why create it just for fun was it was it out of boredom was it just uh, what why why put your time into that when you could be traveling or doing something else
0: i tend to- so again, I believe in like what the journey, right? It's like whatever's neat, whatever's interesting, maybe it's in like an art project or something, right? So I, I make apps out there all the time of whatever I think is just kind of interesting. So that's, it's really like it's game theory. It's a social experiment, right? It's like if, if I put out a token backed by one USD coin, one interesting thing about this is it will never uh, disappear. Right the project will never lose value it it won't just vanish because there's always value attached to it so and then any price above that is simply market dynamics mm-hmm. right so it's like what would happen to this? It's also pretty cool because like it's a NFT. it's a hybrid nft right it's like um right it's like it's it's a fun badge for anybody at least on my channel like as a millionaire if you also want to be a millionaire, you can own, like, a million tokens. So, like, there's some pretty fun things with that. It, it didn't take too long to deploy, and I always wanted to. Uh...
1: <laughs> Way to go, Bailey, for yeah. lightening the mood here. Yeah, I always wanted yeah. to just try out the smart contract. So, yeah, that's. Uh, what happened with CoffeeZilla? We, we saw some big, this was the biggest drama of YouTube back then when this came out. CoffeeZilla made a video. Yeah, so,
0: unfortunately, it, yeah? here's the thing. When CoffeeZilla initially messaged me, um, he was intent to just like, he builds his reputation on destroying as many. He, he just wants to call everything a scam. That's how he gets his views. If he came and said, uh, this project is pretty neat. Actually, there's some things I like about it. Hey, crypto is kind of cool. You guys, he's going to alienate his audience, right? He builds his life on criticizing other people. It's like what value to add? But when he came to me, he said, I, I want to destroy your token value, basically. Like, I, I want to just come in and, and make this video that you're a scam. And I'm just like, there's a lot of people who are holding onto this. And like, I want, I, I I don't think the val I don't think you should just go in and like trash these people's values, right? You're not hurting me. You're hurting these people. I'm trying to protect my community. But he just wanted to make any claim that he can. So he comes up and makes up this claim that really has no basis but what he's saying is um he he particularly latched onto this thing about liquidity Mm -hmm. okay so where he says i put a million i said i put a million dollars of my own money into million token and he says well did you really when actually the way i deployed it was i put fifty thousand dollars uh liquidity with fifty thousand of the tokens right this is just a way that uniswap works but Here's my original thinking, right? I was going to say, I have a million of these tokens supply. I'm going to, I, I actually like through Coinbase, I can't just bring in a million dollars, right away. They have all these restrictions and account limitations. So I'm able to bring in 50,000 and deploy match that with 50,000 tokens and deploy that, but originally I was going to say, why don't I deploy these tokens over time? Uh, I'll release 50,000 tokens and back each one with $50,000, right? So the backing is there. When those are sold out, I'll release another fifty thousand and set a buy floor for another fifty thousand. Right. So I will set these buy floors, and just put in the buy order for fifty thousand at a time. Wait, now,
1: if you have fifty thousand, and I'm, I'm not that familiar with it, let's—if you just released fifty thousand, wouldn't that mean less liquidity? Meaning there's more volatility in the price to go up because there's fewer being released.
0: So at this point, I did not even understand liquidity. Right. Like I didn't. All I knew was I, I can create a token. I want to figure out how to get it deployed. I, I even imagined in my head that I can set buy floors, right? So I, I can deploy 50,000, set 50,000 buy floor, deploy another 50K, put another 50 now, so what So it mean, like, yeah. So
1: what's a buy floor? Is that, is that- it's,
0: you, it's a market order, right? A market limit order to buy, you know, like 50,000 tokens at one USDC. Okay. Right? It, was, it turns out that, in the decentralized exchanges, you cannot set, I mean, this is getting into the weeds, right? Like you cannot set uh market orders for buy and sell. There is no buy and sell order. Actually, what you're doing is you're doing a swap and you, you're interacting with liquidity pools. So because of the way this works, essentially like you need to deploy the liquidity, you, you basically need to match up the number of tokens with the the liquidity that you put in and mm-hmm. you just put
1: that out anyway. So so but there's no way that you could set a minimum be like I'm going to put 50,000 out there but the minimum price I want for these 50 is $2.
0: Yeah, you, you cannot set a uh, limit
1: orders like that. So this was something that I mean at the but, time but you couldn't but don't you have to to guarantee that it's a dollar? Doesn't there have to be a limit order to be so, like, well, I'm not going to sell this yeah, below a dollar?
0: So At the time, Uniswap V3, which is concentrated like capital efficiency, liquidity pools, this this complicated, uh, concept. Um, it just came out. People were still figuring out how it works. Um, I was able to, over time, I realized that I can use the V3 pools to set a liquidity wall at one USDC for 1 million token. And so now there is. You can check even there's a million dollar liquidity wall for, uh, one million dollars worth of USDC for every token. So that backs each token, but even now, like it's excess. You could even say it's excessive, right? Because if I, if I release 50,000 tokens and I have a million dollars liquidity, wall, that's like, you don't need that much capital
1: backing whatever you release. Right so but isn't there a chance that let's say 100,000 people want to sell at the same time and there's only 50,000 in liquidity pool what would ha- is that is that possible that, that more people can sell than than liquid? No, not not if you monitor not if you
0: So again you have to keep track of how many tokens are in the free market. If there's like 10 tokens floating around, you only need a liquidity wall of 10. Right, ten USDC coins to back all of those. Right, so essentially, the like every token was always and has always been backed. Yeah. Right by the one USDC peg, and Coffeezilla is simply, I think he was simply just saying like, "Hey, you only put in fifty thousand at first, right?" And and this the and then like as the Basically, as people exchange USDC coin for million token, there were more mil- there were more USDC coins that I figured out. Hey, you know what? Rather than waiting for a Coinbase to bring in more funds to deploy, uh, since people were exchanging one for one, the USDC can actually be used to deploy more tokens. And in either case, right, they would always all be backed. Yeah. So, now,
1: for but how many? do you hold on to? Because I mean, and and again, I'm not familiar with this, but let's just say you hold on to 900,000. So there's only a 100,000 for sale. Doesn't that mean a smaller float essentially means that the price could go up higher if more people are buying a smaller amount? Like with GameStop, the reason it went up so high was because a lot of those were were held and there wasn't a lot on the market. So because there weren't a lot of people were buying, it was driving up the price higher. Couldn't that be a component?
0: Yeah. So I think this was probably one thing that I, I wish I could have done earlier was to deploy more of the tokens faster. Given, like, again, this was something I was not super familiar with, with the whole liquidity thing I learned over time. But, uh, like, I did not think, like, I, I deployed with 50,000, you know? And, mm-hmm. and within the next day, I think I deployed another 50,000. So, but I was thinking, how much are people going to buy, right? Like, maybe... 5000 tokens mm. so in my mind 50k was just like excessive but i was just thinking you know what this this is the limit i can bring in um and i i deployed the tokens pretty much as quickly as i could
1: you know to people who wanted it yeah uh could you disclose how many you have now
0: yeah you i mean you can totally check on etherscan yeah. i own uh 60 about 6% basically of the million tokens which is from a distribution standpoint, yeah. this is what you want. Like you want you don't want whales in the community. So this is like I mean, at first we had some people who would just buy, come in, they recognized, hey, this is an opportunity. They they kind of knew like their game around mm-hmm. the cryptocurrency. So they bought a whole bunch. They were whales. And they were able to like like the whales are very dangerous in a community. Like I see people sometimes in the past, they would be holding on to massive amounts of tokens and would just be thinking, when are they gonna sell this? Mm-hmm. Um if you check the distribution now, it's like we there's no whales. It's it's yeah. it's a very nice distribution. When you but, take a look at Dogecoin, yeah, do you know like 50% of all Dogecoins are held by like 10 wallets or something like that? Right. So like it's like these these 10 people or so can crash. Dogecoin if they they wanted to get out. Now,
1: I am curious, though, because you went from 100% ownership with a million dollars down to six. Doesn't that mean that to give up your ownership, you've been selling coins along the way at whatever price someone's willing to pay? Because you provide the million, but if someone says, hey, I'm willing to spend $20 for every one, that has to come from you, right? No, it's so I don't. To Understand yeah.
0: liquidity, you like if I were to sell, I sell to myself. If I'm the liquid, I'm the primary liquidity provider. I can right like you trade against the liquidity pool. If you create the liquidity pool and you buy and sell, you're you're trading against yourself. So I think this is one thing some people don't understand. It's like you it's it's actually I think it's actually difficult to try to so-called rock pool project yeah. because if you sell, you sell you just sell it back to yourself. So what I do is uh, I I provide the I create the liquidity pools and the liquidity pools were a way for people to just um, the tokens essentially get deployed as the as there's buying pressure. All right. Right. But, but the yeah. price deploying the liquidity pool is generally a neutral position and it it never causes the price to go down.
1: But I guess my question is, let's say you you deploy fifty thousand at a dollar. The price gets bid up to $2, let's just say. And you said, now I need to provide more liquidity. So I'm going to give another 50,000 tokens, but the price is $2 now. By you giving up that 50,000 tokens, does that now mean that you, in return, get $100,000 because you gave... 5% 5% of your liquidity because you, would, you wouldn't sell it for less than th- what people are willing to pay because then that would be unfair to the people who bought the first 50000 So you have to match the market value. So wouldn't that mean that you went from 100% ownership and would release the liquidity at whatever price it's trading at? Uh, I, I, so
0: I think yeah. it's important to recognize that you can lose money on liquidity. Yes. Okay. So like, let, let's say the price is 200 and you deploy a liquidity pool. That's an agreement to not only sell tokens at a price of 200, but an agreement to buy them back at 200 as well. So, so if, if you think the market has gone ahead of itself, like let's say it's, it's just, there's a lot of hype and speculation and you deploy liquidity, you're buying, you could be buying a bunch of the tokens. And if the token, Right, you, you'll be buying yes. them at 200, 199, 198. Correct. The price can drop, and then you're holding a bunch of million tokens. And then you redeploy more liquidity at a lower price, mm-hmm. you can lose money, right? Because no matter what, right? Like, let's say the price goes down to 100 bucks, you deploy more liquidity, you, you would have, and let's say at that price, you sell out all the tokens, then you would have lost uh, half of your
1: money by then, if you were to do that. So what you're trying to say is that just like you would provide liquidity from $1 to $20, you could also provide it from $20 down to $1. So just like you're making money, the price goes up, you're also losing that equivalent money as it goes down?
0: You can lose massive amounts. I mean, I remember there was a moment where um, I, I put that in like $100,000, maybe more of liquidity in order to try to just support the current price range. And it got wiped out in four hours, right? Because some whale decided to just sell out. Mm -hmm. Um, so they just cashed out that liquidity position. So, you know, it typically liquidity is supposed to be a neutral position. It's it's actually anybody can do it. You know, it's it's like, it's not like Mm -hmm. I'm special in any way, like,
1: Anybody can just come in and add liquidity if they want. Yeah. So when you're going back and forth with CoffeeZilla, how much of that was strategic of just you're going to drive more attention to Million Token? Because I watched your videos, and I think a lot of people can't differentiate you being real versus the sarcasm. And I, like, I kind of knowing you would watch these videos of yours would be like, well, you know, you're being really sarcastic here, but it's also trying to prove a point and it's driving still more traffic. Nothing
0: I say is ever a joke, you guys. You need to understand that. But, you know, I've dealt with CoffeeZilla enough before. I mean, come on, I'm ex-convict. But I've dealt with him enough before to know that many people, especially in his audience, are simply out for a mob hunt, right? Like, it's kind of like the Twitter mob coming after you and people have already made up their minds... They believe what they want to believe and there's no reasoning with people, you know. So it's like, yes, I can sit down and give you this long explanation like I've done already. But um, it goes with my prior note, my philosophy that people believe what they want to believe. You know, they they are where they want to be. And then they come up with all sorts of self-rationalizations and uh, explanations for why this is the way it is. Um, it's kind of like how I told you you can't you you can't negotiate love. If I can give somebody the best explanation in the world, they don't want to. If they don't want to understand, they will will themselves not to. So when I'm debating with Coffeezilla, ah, uh, it's just like just feed into it, right? Like just feed into, just fan the flames, you know, and get some views out of it, and give. I can give some explanation, which I've done, but at the same time, humans are irrational. Like I said, so you can, I would say like, do you believe it's necessary to explain anything, right? Like if somebody asks you for an explanation, um, should you explain why you're a rational being, Hey, I'm rational. This is why I'm rational. Or should you just say, I'm a psychopath, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> Humans are irrational. What, what do I have to explain? It's like asking a rabbit dog, please explain yourself. It was like, this, don't expect people to be rational.
1: I don't know. Sometimes I think a good explanation goes a long way in a very calm, collected way because I, I feel like you're able to articulate something that might be misconstrued. So if there is something thrown at you, combating that with with points against it and why the other person might be incorrect or or explaining your point of view i do think goes a long way because i i I think people are able to see that and contextualize it and i don't think you can
0: uh argue with a mob right like have you tried arguing with the twitter mob
1: well i well i think there's a difference between arguing with each person individually and addressing the situation as a whole so i think yeah, like, there are certain comments that I've received that are like, no, I'm not going to respond to this comment, Look, but... Here's the other know, thing, like, yeah.
0: Coffeezilla never... I don't think he wants an explanation, right? Like, he's... Every, this is the YouTube game. Everybody's in it for money. He builds his business off of criticizing other people and just calling, like, life... Like, right, like is life a scam? Yeah, it probably is, right? Is Is marriage a scam? Sure, sure it is. It's like, is life uh, unfair? He should make a video about that. Hey, life's unfair, you guys, breaking news. It's like, if, if he already has, a, in my view, if he already has a perspective and he doesn't want to sit down and have a long conversation, explanation about this, um, and you know what he's going to do. He's going to just clip out whatever he can and just attack the other person and just make a video and leave out anything necessary right so like this is my problem with criticism culture by the way uh criticism is easy everybody can criticize i've had so many people come criticize me in the past you know like uh i made a tech interview pro course right to sell interview tips on how to get into fame and people come and say hey this is a scam you guys this is a scam these people never even took the course meanwhile Other people came in and said, "Uh, let me just see, Uh, like, let me try to focus on myself instead of just blaming other people. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a
1: story about that. And we could, let me ask you if it's true. I heard that there was a competitor. I don't know where I heard this. I think it was a video that I saw on YouTube. Someone said that there was a competitor to your program and their website expired and you bought their website. And then when people went to their website, it rerouted it to yours. That was a pretty old piece of drama. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and I mean, we, we can go into that if you want. No, there's I'm just... Plenty I'm just, I'm of, just there's, there's plenty did, of content, yeah. but like... I, I would say he should focus on himself and focus on collaboration instead of... It's like if you're trying to tear... Like, let's say you spend your life tearing somebody else down. Let, let's say you spend your life trying to write all the injustices that were done to you. So you grew up to age some age and you, you make a list of everybody who wronged you in your life, right? Hey, that person uh, stole my website. That person uh, stole my piece of candy. I'm going to go back and just like, get these people back. I'm going to find justice. You got to focus on yourself. I would say event. Ultimately, if you want to find success, uh, there's no room for anger. There's no room for hate. Like it's think about it. Hate is a luxury. Right? Hate is a luxury that if you truly want success, you cannot afford to, uh, like, right. Isn't hate something that just an anger, something that just makes you feel good, but you lose in the process of pursuing that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a luxury that I would say you cannot afford. If, if you're truly going after the, the highest success, um, you collaborate with everybody, somebody wrongs you, you say cool, you wronged me. How can we still make the best of this situation? right? Instead of saying, oh, you wronged me, let me burn my bridge with you. Let me just burn all of my bridges. Uh, let me like get you back and focus my life on tearing other people down. Then you tear yourself down,
1: too. Got it. Yeah, yeah I think, what was it? I forget, someone a while ago I've had two instances, but it, but both of them have turned out really good. One person, I think it was on, I think it was TikTok. They got my, uh, don't like my screen name, just like Graham Stefan, And uh, they were really kind about it. I forget which, what it was, Jack. Maybe it was TikTok. It wasn't Instagram. I forget what it was. But anyway, um, I reached out to the person. They're like, oh yeah, no, I got it. Maybe it's Clubhouse. I got it because I didn't want anyone else to take it. Here you go. I'm so nice about it. And then, one time, my dom- my domain, Graham Stefan expired, and I don't know who did this, but they bought Graham and rerouted it to go to meetkevin.com, <laughs> or like metkevin.com. It was like one of those funny things, and I asked Kevin, I'm like, dude, is this you? He's like, no, it's not me. And then eventually, they just they gave it back, but I just thought that was really funny. But both of them have, have really good endings. This was a year ago, probably over a year ago, when Clubhouse yeah. first went out, Jack just got a whole bunch of usernames. I got a bunch of usernames. A <laughs> whole bunch. like... Good usernames. Yeah. Don't, we don't have to mention them specifically, but these are names <laughs> that like should be reserved for like the elite yeah. of the elite. And Jack just... I went in and yanked <laughs> yep. them all. I got my
2: friend's phone numbers, and I was like, can I use your phone number? Can I use your phone number? Because you need to just, attach it yeah. to a phone number and then I just got them all to yeah. get I mean, usernames. It's because I mean, it you poor, Jack. I mean, this is something poor people do. And guess how it, much money I got out of bucks, it? Two bucks, five... Zero, zero, yeah, zero tens dollars.
0: Tens of thousands yeah. of dollars. But I have you good usernames. So. If, if yeah. you had cash now, out, you'd make like, a few pennies Now, here's here and the there. thing, though. So like, it,
1: it, it, now, you, now, you never I, know. know. I asked Jack, like, what's your plan with this? And he's like, well, if they ask for it, I'm going to give it to him. I'm like, you wouldn't sell it? He's like, no, I wouldn't sell it, but like I would just give it to him. The downside, though, is that in the beginning, you didn't know if it was going to go the route of Instagram, where eventually, like, you have a one-word uh, username on Instagram that's, like, twenty is grand. Is Jack
0: behind all those YouTube bots? You're the one posting on all those yeah. channels. That's all the crypto house. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. <laughs> But, unfortunately, Clubhouse is just, like, yeah, it, it just went really out. downhill, yeah. and now all your usernames are kind of worthless. <laughs> worthless, completely.
2: But it was still, I mean, it took me, what, an hour and a half, and I gave myself an opportunity to have, I don't know, a lot of upside.
1: <laughs> He did, but but you, he has got good, to go ten x, Jack. Yeah, but like, he has good usernames of also like uh, corporations and like uh, this isn't passive income, man. No,
2: <laughs> it was very active, and it also wasn't income. So, so yeah, never
0: <laughs> what, never sell your time, right?
2: never sell it. Well, I also enjoyed it. It was kind of fun because you try a username and it doesn't work and you're like, Oh, what about this celebrity? And then you try it and then maybe it works and it give you a little you know,
1: a rush. It was just a late night one Yeah, night but Jack got a nothing. few people with, with well over like forty, fifty million followers. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. Gosh. Worth nothing now, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of uh in terms of your channel now, I've noticed that you've you've made some we don't have to mention specifically, some controversial opinions and topics. Lately, between some channels. How much of that is simply for the shock value of, let me say the most out there thing. I'm against the current people, thing. What's up?
0: I'm against the current thing, whatever the current thing is.
1: Pretty much. like Whatever it is, you'll take the opposite stance of it. But I notice when you do that, the views are like 5x what they would be any other way. A lot of pushback, but at the end, do you, do you just see this as like a, if I say this or I take this stance that the, there's more upside than downside or, or no, people will move on. I, or I think what? it comes down to,
0: yeah. um, like I stopped reading mainstream news, right? Because there's no alpha there. Like everything there is priced into the market. So if, if all you do is follow mainstream news, you will always be one step behind, you know, Yahoo finance is going to come and say, um, uh, this is what you should believe in, whatever, right? Like, uh, some markets doing well. Um, but that's all priced into the market. Everybody's seen that. So you have to think by yourself and oftentimes go against the herd, right? Because that's where you find, uh, new thoughts, new opinions and ideas and where you're really at the forefront. Mm. Right. And so you have to keep your mind open and just question and ask yourself question, like, just ask yourself, like, is this really the truth? Don't just believe what, whatever you read. Um, that's where the, so to speak, alpha is, right? That's where the reward is. Um, so, personally, for right, it's like, I avoid mainstream news. I like to read controversial news. I mean, even Elon Musk, right, recently took a hold of Twitter mm-hmm. to say that there's no free speech anymore. Yeah. If you say anything that is against current uh, mind speak, the current thing, or believe, whatever, like, uh, you could be cancelled for sure. But, then you don't find returns on investment. You don't find opportunities because you're just following the herd all the time. So what I like to do sometimes on my channel, at least is, um, I present different opinions, right? Different points of view, ask people to question themselves. And this is something that like, let's think about your upbringing. You were raised with certain values, your teachers, your mentors, your parents all came to you and said. These are things that are important. These are things that these are your values. So then you go into the world and you're afraid to reflect your values into the world. You're quiet. So the flame that they lit in you to stand up and speak your voice was extinguished because you're too afraid to speak, right? You let the voices of others drown you out. Maybe. And this is maybe a freedom that's only provided to uh, people who are not able to be canceled. Like Maybe if you really want to reflect the values and respect everybody you met in your life who gave you the values and beliefs that you currently hold. And these people spent so much time and effort trying to get you to believe in these things and hold these values that are so strong. Maybe you should reflect those values into the world too, simply to show respect to every mentor and teacher that you encountered in your life. But when you let other people just drown you out, uh, because you're afraid, you're showing disrespect to anybody who put any time in you, they should have just said, why am I even wasting time with you? Right? Why am I even trying to teach you anything when you're going to just coward out and just be quiet because you didn't want to speak up and then if you were to speak up enough about whatever it is, right? Like, um, maybe even just saying, Hey guys, maybe we should think about this. Uh, I'm not sure if I believe this. Um, like maybe if enough people say that together, that forms an opinion, that forms a voice, uh, is it okay to be. Some people don't want to be the first candle that lights up, right? Because they're afraid to go against, uh, against that crowd maybe you're a follower uh that's why i'm the tech lead right (laughs) like maybe maybe you need to lead and like initiative is extremely uh difficult to find in people impact you probably know most people are extremely low impact low initiative people zero initiative right like um this is what separates tech lead by the way from software engineer so right software engineers by the way they only do what they're told to do. They enter a company, they're great coders. You give them a task, they do it. Solid engineer. Great. Mm -hmm. You you did the task. Uh, The senior engineer, what separates them is initiative and impact. So you need to take initiative. You need to come and say, I've seen enough of the world. I have experience. I know what's right. Or I know what's worth pursuing, what's exploring. Here's an idea. And not only is it something worth thinking about but we need to make it a reality and actually execute on this idea and take that initiative right so like very few people do that most people say hey wouldn't it be cool if uh somebody made this hey i had an idea for an app that's that's kind of interesting hey hey, this this is somebody should do that sometime yeah i'm gonna do it one day one day i'm gonna go to uh, south america and explore one day i'm gonna go scuba diving in fiji with all of my friends uh are you ever going to do that? Right? Like probably maybe it's never going to happen because maybe do you have sufficient initiative and impact to execute? Right. And and that execution can be extremely ugly. It's where the rubber hits the road between what dream and reality, right? Between sky and ground. That's a very dirty, messy part. Sparks are flying. Um, But you have to get in there sometimes. And yeah, people can disagree with you. There can be a lot of mess going on. It's not a place that a lot of people want to be. It can push you out of your comfort zone. Uh, It can make you look like a fool. Your pride, your ego, your status can get in your way. You may still need to just say, uh, let me go make a fool of myself. Let me humiliate myself. And by doing that, you take
1: initiative. Why did you leave California? California. Some of that I know was, you know, maybe some of the some of the taxes. Yeah, how did I
0: end up in this hole? I this know. You, random and desert. And you made a
1: video complaining about dry skin and just the yeah, the just temperature washing here. my
0: face with hard mineral water You're that's right. just scratching my know, it's skin It's gonna make you and, age more. Yeah, just aging and dry air just. So why, I'm crying now, so if, actually. You just can't see if, my tears. Yeah, but if
1: money was a, was a consideration, wouldn't you just say, yeah, I'm going to live in California where, it's, where my skin's going to be better?
0: Are you here for the money, for the, your tax savings? Your-
1: That's definitely a component. But I would say for me, I would say taxes is, is one of them. But the lifestyle is, is a huge component of just, I feel like I'm getting way more than I would be able to do in California.
0: Las Vegas is very functional right it's, it's very nice actually yeah. so far from what i've seen like i i spent time in san francisco and it's it's total trash it's, it's a total trash pile of a city like everything boarded up but um i mean this is where like if you're rich enough you end up in a desert in the middle of nowhere right like if you're if you're kind of middle class you might be in a nice city like new york making your way los angeles or something like san francisco um really for me after i figured out like after i totally trashed this city and told everyone how how trashy it is hey i'm here you guys i'm in las vegas now you know why i don't have friends um but for me it was a decision like i i realized that if if i'm going to be my plan is actually to do more traveling right to integrate more traveling into my life so if that's my plan it simply doesn't make sense to Uh, get what like a nice seaside apartment in Los Angeles or something where I'm paying uh, whatever rent it is. And I'm not using the space. Right. So it's the cost of living. I would say for Las Vegas that gets you something pretty good um, for a price. That's not going to just, you know, like it's not going to be something that you're, you're not even paying for, uh, or, or it's not going to be excessive to that point. It's pretty reasonable here. So, yeah, I wouldn't say the tax savings are meaningful at all, really. It's like 10% tax savings is not meaningful. You should go to Puerto Rico, right? Like, if, you, if you're if you really after tax savings, go to Puerto Rico. Um, So to me, it's kind of like, it's a pretty decent cost of living base from which it's close enough to California for me. If If my family were on the East Coast, I would definitely go to Puerto Rico, right? But... Uh, since I still have family and I have a dog, I need to take care of over in uh, California. Occasionally, mm. I like to go back and visit. So uh, Las Vegas makes sense, and it's a p- pretty interesting change of pace. And I think, I mean, this is an experiment kind of for me. But you know, I've I've been interested in travel and ex- like I'm trying to maximize experiences. I have I have very little interest in material things. You know, like I I don't own a, a nice watch. I don't own a nice car. I don't own a house. I don't want to own a house. You know, like, your aquarium uh, exploded, right? It's like, I don't want to maintain that. I, th- I have no interest in fixing anything. My hands are for typing. That's it, right? As a, as a digital, like, I live in the metaverse. But, um, so I'm trying to focus more on traveling and experiences. And Las Vegas is is a great base for that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of my current plan. But I'm not here to save money. I think saving money is um, it's a waste of uh, youth and time. Like, I'm not sure I, I believe in saving money even anymore. Like, I believe if there's a young person who has youth, time, and health, and they're only lacking in wealth, but they have every other capacity to maximize happiness and enjoyment, maybe they should deploy that capital at that point in their life to maximize that than waiting until they're 60 or 70 and they're not able to deploy capital know, but to I experience like it's life it, at, it's at all. It's
1: easy to say that when you have the money because then it's easy to go back and be like, well, you know, I, I, I got this. I could focus on the other aspects. But when you have no wealth and it's, it's a grind of like, well, I have to suck it up at this job for the next 30 years just to pay my, just to break even every day. It's, it's not like, it's
0: like enjoy the journey right i so i i don't think like you can like what you've got to maximize enjoyment every step of your life if you think what i like to think of is right like if the most successful of people are doctors and lawyers they achieve wealth early retirement at the best age 40 maybe age 50 by then their life is over right it's like uh so you've and that's in the best case scenario. So you have to make sure you're enjoying life every step of the way, and and deploy. I think you need to find ways to deploy capital to do that because as you get older, and you you know you're going to realize that you cannot derive enjoyment anymore from your from money. You know, you, you may find that, it's, or you may find it very difficult to deploy it in a way to
1: make yourself. But see, happy. I see it as a means to an end. If you if you have a job that you dislike, and you're well, 25 years old, you have you have health. But he's yeah. talking about
2: you.
0: Well, let, let Are me you also say, like, me specifically? has anybody saved their way to riches? I think so. I I think, like, we all made our wealth through focusing more on making money than on saving on like Starbucks coffee. I mean, I did that.
1: I mean, it's it's hard for me because I saved everything. I lived so cheap. I mean, I would, I even a five dollar Subway, like I. Thought about that purchase and I'm like do I really need the $5 Subway or can I do uh, uh, eat at two eggs and ham and cheese for 97 cents uh, you know, and I, I did that for, I did
0: that too but I you know. think it's I think it's a scam story that the media sells you as an easy way for anybody hey we can all become rich here's how it's so easy all you gotta do is uh, skip lunch when the answer is Far more difficult than people want to hear. go start a business. go apply yourself and make money. It's easier to make money uh, than to save
1: it. Who wants to hear that? I don't know. Part of me thought it was easier to save than make because if you if if I save a dollar, I'm saving a dollar after tax if If I'm going and making an extra dollar, I'm taxed on that. It's worth less than just if I saved it. So for the first from really eighteen to thirty. Yeah. I was just like hyper fixated on just saving, and those those habits. I would it, there, there'd be no way I'd be here today if it weren't for those habits that, that were just so ingrained from the very beginning of just like save, 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 save. It was the habits, but it wasn't necessarily the saving itself, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I were making fifteen thousand dollars a year, but I was saving fourteen thousand of it, and you know, then obviously I I wouldn't be here today either. But but I think it was a combination of saving everything but then you, also you, actively working on you know what I improving like, myself and making more money at the same if, time.
0: If you're a young person, uh use the money that you have don't save it and de- deploy it into like learning something, right? Acquire some skill. Use the money to uh, but I think go to business free.
1: I I think so much learning could be done for free like a, a I, besides books. Um I I learned everything from YouTube and Reddit. I mean that's like and then if there was something I didn't know, I would learn it in real estate. I would I would talk to other agents. I just it was my time. I spent my time. 50, no, no, let's 000. just put it this yeah. way:
0: there's so much advice online and from every like Dave Ramsey person who's saying, "Uh, you need to cut back, cut your budget. You need to like pack your lunches." Everybody feels that's actionable. They feel good about themselves. Nobody's saying, "Hey, why don't you like." Uh, start a YouTube channel. Why don't you like build a course? Why don't you try to teach something? Like why don't you like build a product, start a business? Nobody tells you that. So everybody's just out there saying, okay, four hundred one k. Let's 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 max out that four hundred one k, you guys.
1: Well, because those those are I I want to say those are pretty surefire, guaranteed ways that people could have instant results. I think starting a business, a lot of them fail. Doing a lot of these things, a lot of them fail. So by focusing on the core of the foundation of these, I know, contributing to a Roth IRA, saving money, that's money in my pocket. That's guaranteed. Anything I do beyond that, that's where I take the risk. But let me at least have my fortress over here, and that gives me the safety and the reassurance that I could focus on whatever else I want. And once those pay off, or if they pay off, then I could take that route. It also is like
2: yeah, like he said. It's the safety and reassurance that you know for a fact if you do end up saving money, that is completely within your control. Is that you can save money, you can invest it, and it's a safe way to to collect a lot of money rather than going and starting a business, starting a Jack, YouTube channel where Jack, you have so many so much Jack, chaos and variables. Yeah. You're poor. Hey, I, like, I can't mean, bought a house. <laughs> that house look, is look, up fifteen
0: percent what, this year. You're, you're poor. Like, look. Yeah. Let the millionaire speak. Okay. I'm not talking about Graham. I'm talking about me. The true millionaire. I have a, what, I have what, a question yeah. for you, Graham.
3: Yeah. Uh, how much money were you making per year when you hit a million dollars net worth?
1: Somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and twenty a year, probably maybe two, no more than two hundred and fifty. Definitely, in um, my opinion, one hundred and twenty to two hundred and fifty.
3: I think that you you didn't make yourself wealthy by all the penny pinching. I agree with tech lead.
1: No, I I would disagree. I think it were it would first of all. There would have been no way. First, <laughs> first <of> all, <laughs> there would have been no way that I could have bought those all of those properties that contributed to that net worth and that that foundation of income had I not saved every single penny. Even at the time I bought those first few properties, uh, I was still uh, like two thousand dollars short, and I didn't have money to pay a contractor, and I had a tenant moving in shortly, and. I, had to, I I went to my grandma. Let, let me ask and she, you. Like, and she gave me two grand. I'd be like, "Thanks, grandma. I'll pay you back in three weeks." I'm literally getting this money from. She could give you three grand. Could, right? could you have driven what? Uber's?
0: Like yeah. driven
1: Uber on the weekends? No, I was working on the weekends. I was a real estate agent, and those weekends I would go up to uh, to San Bernardino check out properties. There, they, from I was. And here's how I know this: at eight, I think it was eighteen or nineteen. My girlfriend at the time, through, throughout high school, broke up with me, and I was so sad and depressed because you were too I,
0: cheap. You no, see, that's no. why <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's Graham. It's you need to buy that Starbucks. No, no, that,
0: no, that's what it costs you for being no, no. It didn't. It, 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 it saving. No, gosh, mean, you
1: don't know what you lost. Uh, no, you think, I, I know it had not. It had nothing to do with money. Okay, that, well, that was absolutely yeah.
0: If you had focused more on making money, you would be a billionaire now, right? And. In comparison, you're only a millionaire now. So so that's what it costs
1: I feel like, but you could say the same. I could be a billionaire. You'd be like, well, you could always be worth $10 billion. You know, or you could, if you focused more on this, you'd be more. But but my point being is that when I went through that, my way out of it, my escape was just like, I'm going to put everything I can into bettering myself, improving myself, going to the gym. And any moment of free time, I poured myself into work because that was my like outlet. And that was my uh, creative, just, I felt alive doing that. I had so much fun doing that, and that was like made the days fly by because I enjoyed it so much. But yeah, I mean, but I saved every little bit of that because I knew that that my income was so sporadic as an agent that that's what gave me comfort was being like, okay, if I make a commission, I could save it. I also, in a competitive sense, felt like I could net more than the agents who's been doing this for twenty years because. I've seen how they live. I mean, they'll spend everything they make. They make three hundred grand. They're spending three hundred grand. They got nothing left over. But if I could make fifty grand and save twenty five of it, then technically I'm saving more than they are. And that's how I've yeah
0: yeah. I mean, if your spend rate is extremely high, then then yes, you you maybe my spend rate just tends to be low. Either way, Mm. Um, but in in either case, it's just a. It's just a recognition for me that there's a lot of mainstream media saying, hey, just put it into 401k, save your money. That's how you're going to become rich. And I'm just questioning that narrative, right? It's like, uh, I'm a futurist. I tend to think, what are people 100 100 years in the future? People are going to look back and laugh at us and say we were totally idiots. So like, right now, everyone thinks 401k and saving money is the way to go. In the future, everyone's going to say, Something else, right? They may say, yeah, this is totally flawed.
1: Question that- yeah. Well, I I, I think the end goal is that there's probably both. I'm not a huge fan of the 401k. I much prefer the Roth, but I, I if someone makes more than $6,000 a year, I would do anything possible to tell that person, save everything you can until you max out that Roth IRA. Whether you're 18, I, 19, 25, doesn't matter. I would save tell the everything. person like,
0: buy a DSLR camera and start a YouTube channel, <laughs> right? Like start a business. Maybe use that and learn uh, programming, and uh, right get a job as a coder instead of just saving that and and working a dead end job. And you're gonna save like
1: fifty bucks. But see, the issue that I that I see is that people view either, let's say, in your YouTube channel example, as a means to an end. Be like, I'm gonna start the channel, make a ton of money. Everyone who I've seen who's done YouTube has done YouTube for fun first, and if it takes off, great. And and that will eventually evolve over time. But everyone successful that I've seen never started being like, I'm not going to max out my Roth IRA. I'm going to start the YouTube channel and make a lot of money. It's just it, I've never seen that happen.
0: Uh, I would agree with that. That money is an extremely poor motivator, <clears throat> and people should not be chasing money in the first place. Right? Like, I, it's it's not going to. You get money. You're just going to throw it into Bitcoin or crypto or something like that. It's like, figure out the life you want. Many people, even if they achieve massive wealth, like you say the life I actually wanted was to stay at home, reading news and making videos all day. That's actually what I wanted. Well, you didn't need
1: wealth to get that. I think the money gives options. And it gives the person the option to say, hey, you know what? I don't feel like doing this today. Or maybe 10 years from now, if I want to do this, I can. That's where I think the value is. Because otherwise, if I knew that I'd be perfectly happy just making a video every day, and so yeah. be it. But I don't I don't know if that's going to last forever. I've always just gone with, the, hey, this feels right. This is what I want to do. This is where, where my intuition leads me. I'm going to pursue that. It's always been like that. So, And having money gives me the means to pursue uh, whatever it might be.
0: I would say money is is definitely useful. Most people who have it don't know how to deploy it and never use it properly. But if you know how to figure out how to actually deploy that and maximize that in conjunction with your other assets, right, like health, wealth, youth, and time, uh, you may be able to figure out how to actually use it properly. But generally it's it's very difficult, I would say to deploy money in a way that's going to bring you happiness right Some people just buy a a car that makes them happy for a month and they lost five hundred thousand dollars and it gave them one month of joy right
1: I mean right not if they buy a four g t that goes up in value, then they can make money and
0: enjoy the car i mean. I can tell your status just from that. It's like pretty cheap. Like it's not not very rich. I mean, you think that's expensive? That
1: what's good, what's expensive to you? What what would impress you? Be like, wow, Graham has a Lexus LFA, McLaren F one.
0: It would be like uh, owning a catamaran out in the British Virgin Islands, right? It's oh. so like, well, you're, you're a land lander. You just go around on land. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, if, if that's what you enjoy,
1: you got know, some it. people got catamarans yeah. out there. Yeah, I'd still they, need to transcend. I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll get there. Keep working. on it. If you're here, you.
0: I'm like, right around there.
1: I know. Right I, that's there. why. That's why I Jack, always have to look. Yeah. Jack,
0: you're like under the table by now. <laughs> Jack has to this transcend table, to my level. Where's Bailey 90. and where's Alex? They're They're not even. I mean, they're, they're like, not worthy. They're sixth later. <laughs> <under. laughs> But like this table is even—they're not even worthy of it's, mental the table. worth more than me. Why isn't this table gold plated? Right? This is trash. This whole studio's trash. Mm-hmm. How much was that? How trash. much was that jacket you're wearing? This is um, this is top notch stuff. Right? It's made I mean, out of it?
1: ex-husband material. <laughs>
0: This is a gift. Yeah, this is a gift from my ex wife. You know how much she cost me. Half my assets. There you go. Yeah, that's how expensive this That's how much it was? <laughs> no, this no, I mean, this, you know, this is like, I, I wear outing gear, right? It's like, it's, uh, it's, it's statusless, classless, yeah. I would say. So if you're wearing <laughs> like Prada or Gucci, I know your social level right away. It's like, it's not that, not that out there. So what
2: yeah, do you think it. you can work on?
0: I mean what i'm working on now is is really this new project for me for myself which is um i'm curious about can hap- can money buy happiness everybody says no right everybody says oh money can't can't make you happy i'm I'm trying to f- understand that and to challenge that belief i'm trying to um find more creative ways to deploy capital right like i told you it's it's autopilot and extremely lazy to just go through life selling on the nine to five course and to just continue working. Like Elon Musk is living. Uh, it's a very boring. Uh, like it's 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 nice that he's doing that, but it's also a thoughtless path that requires zero creativity. the people who are. Uh, I'm inspired by Tom from MySpace. He quit social media entirely like mm. three four years ago. He disappeared. Went off to like explore nature. You know, I think some of these other people who you never hear about are, are living probably the best lives out there. Right. So, like, I'm I'm tra- I'm challenging some of those beliefs for myself, um, and that's kind of the current thing that I'm trying to explore. So, for me, like, saving money, investing money, is it's a boring pursuit to me, and I'm I'm personally more interested in just figuring out how to deploy capital in in a meaningful way. Thank you well, so much for coming on.
2: It was really nice meeting you. appreciate it a lot. Mentorship group, link down below. Yeah, where you can where also you can get, get your, your free, free stock. stock. Yeah, it's yeah, worth yeah, all yeah. the okay. way. The for Public
1: with the code GRAMMA. graham Thank you for having me. You Thank guys. you so Enjoy much. Things. Thank you. It was yeah. nice meeting you. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for coming here. And <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Bailey, what is it? What did it get it?